everyone. Welcome back to the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host, Scott Spratt, a writer for FootballOutsiders.com, part of Edge Sports. It's Fantasy Championship Week, so I'm hoping that you're still listening to me because you're still alive in your fantasy playoffs. But even if you aren't, uh, we have Derek Klassen, a film analyst, on the podcast today. So he's going to give you some players, both from a short-term and long-term perspective, that could be interesting in fantasy. But before we get to that interview, I want to share with you an exclusive offer from Football Outsiders, the innovators of modern football analytics and proprietary metrics you know and love, DVOA and DYAR. They're used by teams, and they're great tools for fantasy players as well. So get the most out of your fantasy team in DFS lineups with an FO Plus package. You can become an outsider today with promo code FANTASY25, which will save you 25% off site-wide. That's code FANTASY25 to save 25% off site-wide on all of Football Outsiders tools and statistics. In addition, the show is brought to you by Edge Sports, trusted by Super Bowl champions and billion-dollar betting syndicates. Only Edge Sports offers a fully customizable probability engine, interactive matchup models, and spread and over-under projections. Find your edge today with promo code FANTASY50 to save 50% off site-wide there. That's code FANTASY50 to save 50% off, and that's EDJ Sports. Okay, let's head over to that interview with Derek. Okay, joining me on the line today is Derek Klassen, film analyst for Football Outsiders. Derek, how are you? Hope you're enjoying your uh, your holiday week. Yeah, doing pretty good so far. Um, Going to be nice when we can uh, finally have some Christmas and stuff and have some downtime. But yeah, doing pretty good, man. How are you? Definitely good. I'm hoping that you and I'm hoping that a lot of our listeners are enjoying some fantasy playoffs still as we enter the fantasy championships in a lot of formats. But Derek, I'm glad to have you on again specifically this week because I think a lot of the players we'll be talking about for week 16 as waiver wire options are players that could be interesting players for future seasons in fantasy. So I think it'll be good to get your sort of film analyst perspective on some of those players. And I think by far the most interesting for future seasons and somebody that can maybe make or break fantasy championships is going to be your first choice. So why don't you go ahead and hit us with your most interesting waiver wire option for week 16. Yeah, so I'm going to start with Tony Pollard uh, running back for the Cowboys. I think, you know, he was kind of a little bit of a draft Twitter favorite coming out because if you watch those like 2015 to 2017, 2018 Memphis offenses, I mean, they just had some of the most explosive dudes in the country. Obviously, you had Pollard, you had um, Daryl Henderson, and they just had like two or three other running backs that were really good. So, and why Pollard was interesting was one, he was obviously explosive. Everybody in that offense was terribly explosive, but he was also a guy that you could kind of, flex out into like a receiver role every now and then and he could kind of be more than just your running back and I think that that's kind of the value that he should bring to the Cowboys if he were to to continue to get a more increased workload is that I think that's something that he brings that Zeke really doesn't I think Zeke is a significantly better pass protector and that's probably why he sees the field as much as he does but Pollard is is a much more versatile pass catcher both out of the backfield and you know if you if they want to split him out at receiver especially for empty looks. Yeah, I mean, that definitely checks with what we saw on the field in Week 15 when Pollard had 69 yards on 12 carries, but also 63 yards on six receptions. Even his nine targets led the team. But from sort of a bigger picture perspective, I mean, it's not surprising when any running back, at least for me, fills in with a heavy volume in the short term. But from a volume perspective long term, uh, Pollard is just six foot um, and 209 pounds, whereas Elliott is six foot at 228 pounds. And Elliott, at least for me, kind of has the build you would expect for more of a workhorse type of running back. Do you think Pollard could kind of hold up to that type of volume? Or is he more of a player that's going to be a high efficiency player on maybe a lower touch volume, uh, even in the long term in his career? I mean, personally, I think that's a thing that like, 
true, true workhorses like that almost don't even exist anymore. So I don't even know if that's That's something that I would be worried about. Zeke obviously is better built for it, like you said. But I mean, like really outside of like when Zeke was kind of in his prime or like Derrick Henry, like there really just aren't that many guys anyway. So I wouldn't be too worried about knocking him for it. And if if the Cowboys ever want to try to move on from Zeke at some point, I think Pollard would be able to take more than enough carries and touches um, for for that to even ever really be a worry. Yeah. Yeah. I'm really curious how Elliott is going to play next season. So, I mean, he'd been one of the most efficient backs in football so far in his career, 15.9%, 11.1%, 2.9%, and 16.5% rushing DVOA is his first four seasons, but negative 1.2% this year, whereas Pollard, 19.1% is kind of in that old Elliott range of being one of the better, more efficient backs in football. So I think that'll be interesting. But from a short-term perspective, if you're in your fantasy championships, I think this is probably a player that you want to invest heavily in. We don't know whether Elliott's going to miss week 16, uh, but he missed week 15 with a nagging calf injury that I think has probably led to him playing as poorly as he has in recent weeks. Uh, so I think Pollard is somebody you want to take the chance on in case he ends up starting again, and he'll probably be a top 10 option at the position. Kind of along those lines, uh, a player, but maybe not as one with as, as much long-term potential given his career history to date, Le'Veon Bell is my first choice for Week 16. Uh, and this is specifically about Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, who just suffered a high ankle sprain, an injury that I think typically causes backs to miss two, if not four weeks. And I think it'll probably knock him out into the playoffs, especially with the Chiefs kind of already locked in, or at least close to being locked into the number one seed in the AFC. So at least in the short term, you would expect Le'Veon Bell to take over as the primary ball carrier for the Chiefs. And I think that's going to lead to some fantasy potential, maybe less so because of Bell's effectiveness as a player, but more so just because the Chiefs have such an explosive offense and and just could be a really favorable fantasy situation. I'll note that Edwards Elaire hasn't really been an an efficient player this season, but he still averaged 13.5 PPR points per game this season, 18th highest among running backs. Uh, among the backs that have played at least half the year, at least. And he even has a 2.27 opportunity just to touchdown shortfall. So like he could have been more successful than he has been if he had had a little bit better luck near the goal line. So I would expect, you know, Bell to just kind of step in and be that RB2 type of back for the team, even if he's not quite the same player that he was earlier in his career. Do you think that that's a, a fair assumption, Derek? Yeah, and I think I think situation is is kind of the best point here. I, I think maybe, like you said, Bell's not the player that he used to be. But I think one, I mean, this Chiefs offense is one of the best, if not the best in the league, period, no matter what scheme you you want to you want to look at. But I think just in terms of what they do, it's kind of perfect for him. Because if you look at the way he caught the ball out of the backfield a lot with the Steelers, they actually didn't do that many creative stuff with him out of the backfield. It was a lot of just like they would have three, four vertical receivers and everyone would be terrified that Ben Roethlisberger was going to take the top off the defense. And so you have you ended up with, you know, Le'Veon Bell one-on-one um, with a lot of space against linebackers or, or bad safeties. And I think, um, I mean, the Chiefs very obviously have that kind of dynamic going. So if they can, you know, maybe cook up some of those type of plays, I think, you know, he could have a pretty big game that way. Yeah. I'll make a note for for football outsiders fans in particular that may see the Falcons, the the Chiefs' Week 16 opponent, as the number four DVOA run defense and be a little bit scared. Uh, I would say one good thing to note there is that even though the Falcons cut run plays and yards per carry for running backs, they have boosted touchdowns per carry by 40%. Yeah, I really could see the Chiefs building a lead in this game and maybe relying on Bell a little bit more to kill clock and maybe in the red zone. So I wouldn't be scared of the matchup for him the way that I would be in, in other situations. 
Okay, great. Derek, why don't you hit us with your second choice for a waiver ad for, for week 16? Yeah, so my next is going to be Antonio Brown of the Bucks, which feels weird to 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 say as you know for this <laughs> format feels very awkward. But um, little Le'Veon Bell related throwback here. <laughs> exactly, it's it's a very weird week for the waiver wire for sure. But um, and and honestly, the reason I would suggest maybe picking him up is not actually because I think he's going to like have this sort of breakout or like um he's going to finally start clicking with the offense or whatever, but they just play really bad defenses over the stretch. I think they play the Lions next week, and I forget who they, they play do. after that, but it's also really bad. Like, they just have really poor defensive ma- – or I mean, they're playing very poor defenses, and I think that's probably the situation that Arians is going to want to try to figure this thing out with Antonio Brown. They've had a lot of issues because I think when they take Brown off the field, um, more often than not, they can't threaten the deep ball as much as they can with, like, Scotty Miller. Um, and so I think that's kind of been the issue that they've been trying to work through. But like I said, I think against the defenses that they're going to play, it just like literally does not matter how, you know, how <laughs> awkward the offense might be. <laughs> yeah. Derek, I mean, I'm on the same page, frankly, just giving it a little bit more context. The lions are the number 30 DVOA pass defense and they increase yards per pass attempt by 11% and touchdowns per pass attempt by 18%. So, I mean, that's good news for Brown and Mike Evans and Chris Godwin and pretty much everybody involved here for the bucks. Um, but I, I think I'm also on the same page with you is not really expecting a full on breakout per se. I mean, Brown has declined to 49% and 47% snap shares the last two weeks, possibly related to what you're saying with kind of the yo-yoing of him and Scotty Miller and sort of the lack of clarity about who should be on the field. But Brown has at least had a fairly consistent target share with the team, 18% since he joined in week nine. That's 44th among wide receivers. It's actually ahead of Godwin at 17.1%. So Maybe not playing as much as Godwin, but still getting a hefty amount of targets such that I think he's probably a flex-worthy option in even your shallower leagues, in particular in PPR formats. Okay, for my second choice of a waiver wire ad, I'll shift back to running backs and go with Jeff Wilson of the 49ers. This is really more uh, more about the the situation than it is the individual player, I guess, because Raheem Mostert seemed to re-aggravate his ankle injury last week, and if he ends up being sidelined again, I assume that that makes Wilson the the primary starter. Uh, He played 46% of the offensive snaps this last week, whereas Jarek McKinnon played 17% and Tevin Coleman 7%. So pretty heavily skewed his way. And I'll point out that from an effectiveness perspective, like if you're kind of looking just at yards per carry, Wilson doesn't really jump off the page, just 4.1 yards per carry. Kind of right at league average. Mostert is way better at 5.0. McKinnon is close to 3.9 and Although Coleman has 1.9, he's barely played this year, so that's not really a, a deal breaker necessarily. But I'll also point out that Wilson has really been more the short yardage and goal line option for the team this season. And so if you look at success percentage, which kind of factors in the, the carry difficulty based on those type of down and, and distance situations, he's looked much, much better. 54.8% success rate. That's even better than Mostert at 48.1%, but way better than McKinnon at 38.8 and Coleman at 34.6%. So I think that Wilson may actually be a better player than some of his you know, more basic rate numbers might suggest. So I would feel fairly confident rolling with him this week if, uh, if Mostert ended up missing it. And you get the, the Arizona matchup isn't necessarily a great one, but it's neutral, both in terms of run defense DVOA and, and, and boosting of yards and touchdowns per carry. So I would be comfortable with him as sort of a back-end RB2. Uh, and I don't know if you see it that way uh, or, or not, Derek, but I think he's a decent option. Yeah, no, I do. And I mean, the thing with with Shanahan is, I guess this is a little bit less true 
with the situation they have right now. But like, it's kind of the opposite of um, like Patriots running backs for a while. Because with Patriots running backs, it would be like, oh, well, they have three good ones, and you never know which one Belichick wants to use. Whereas with yeah. Shanahan guys, a lot of the time, it's like they have one, and they're just gonna slam in thirty times. And so, like I said, that's been a little bit less true this season because they don't have like a clearly talented guy. But if Mostert is going to be out and they're going to be even thinner on options, I think Wilson could just, just by volume, end up being a pretty good option, even if he's not particularly efficient. Yeah. Okay, Derek, you have one more name to, to give us this week. And now, this is another player, I think, interesting conversations for the long term, too. Absolutely. This is probably my favorite one on the list. Uh, wide receiver Kiki Kuti for the Houston Texans. Coming out of Texas Tech, he was very clearly a guy who just, I mean, just electric if he can get the ball in his hands. And, and the problem for years, uh, you know, when Bill O'Brien was the head coach, was that he kind of only viewed Kuti as like, as really not a trick play guy, but more of like a gadget guy, as opposed to like yeah. a true wide receiver who you can just kind of put it in the slot or just kind of ask to make a lot of these yards after catch plays. And I think basically as soon as Bill O'Brien was out of there, they've done a much better job of kind of just treating him like a real wide receiver. And you're seeing it's working for them. And I think that, that always should have been the case. He's a, he's a guy who's really good at running underneath. Um, he's a guy who's really good at clearing out space. He might not be the toughest guy or, or the best at the catch point, but if you can get him into a little bit of space, um, he's going to make you pay for it. And Watson is is obviously playing out of his mind right now and is going to be able to find guys who are in space. So I think, for one, he, he's a good option now. And kind of like you mentioned, I think moving forward, unless they just completely retool the, the wide receiver core for whatever reason, uh, I think he's actually kind of a decent option moving forward as well. I've had a little bit of a difficult time sorting out like what is Cutie versus what is Watson and, and, and all of those types of things. And I don't know if you had any thoughts about the fact that Chad Hansen is kind of matched Cutie both in terms of playing time and in terms of target share the last three weeks, even though Hansen has kind of been yo-yoing between the practice squad and the, the NFL team and, and all that. It's, it, it seems kind of weird, but it, it almost seems like they're both effective players, or maybe Watson is just so good that he can turn any wide receiver into an effective fantasy player. Do you think Hanson has anything there too, or is Cutie in your mind sort of clearly the more appealing option, at least in the long term? To me, it's more that Hanson kind of fills a role that the offense doesn't really have. Because, I mean, so, so obviously he's not New Hopkins, where New Hopkins was like Watson could just throw it to him anywhere yeah. in the 1-10 to yard range, and that dude was going to catch everything. I think he's a very different player from Hopkins, but I think he fills more of a similar role in that he's kind of somebody who is a little bit of a, more of like a reliable ISO guy, um, where as opposed to, like I said, Kuti is more of a guy you're kind of deliberately trying to get into yards after catch scenarios. So I think it's more that they're just different players. Yeah, and and Hanson, um, yeah, he, he is a lot bigger too. So I feel like yeah. that's that's something that they don't really have with Cooks either. So maybe exactly. that is sort of a filling of a role. Well, it's probably a really good time to pick QD up too because the Texans are about to play the Bengals next week. They're number twenty nine in DVOA pass defense. And while in a lot of situations you would expect a blowout and that might lead to more carries versus targets, they actually have been neutral for opposing pass plays this season. So I think this could be a situation where Watson just lights them up. And really, all three of the of the main wide receivers for the Texans become startable options for you. So, yeah, go go nuts with that. Meanwhile, I have one more player to talk about this week, Derek. And that's Salvin Ahmed, uh, somebody that's been very interesting from a fantasy perspective throughout the season. He's substituted, 
I guess you would say for for the normal starter, Miles Gaskin, three times this season and had 22, 17, and 24 touches in those three starts. So you would assume that if Gaskin ended up missing another week, that Ahmed would be a really nice option for you in fantasy. Uh, Gaskin has missed the last two weeks being on the COVID reserve list. And I don't really have any like perfect evidence for this, but to me, the fact that he's been on the list that long suggests that maybe he actually had COVID. And so maybe he may not be fully ready to go even for week 16. Uh, although I guess we'll have to figure out later in the week, whether that's true. But I think honestly, the more interesting thing for Ahmed is his sort of long-term consideration and he is definitely fast, and I think that's contributed to him having some better numbers like yards per attempt and stuff than guys like Gaskin uh, and certainly Jordan Howard types that, that the team has kind of relied on over the year. But do you think that Ahmed like, has a skill set that could make him a long-term option for the team at running back? Or is he kind of only a speed player and maybe a little bit going to come up short in terms of stuff like pass protection or maybe getting those tougher yards uh, near the goal line and on third and shorts and stuff? I think it's probably closer to to that where he's more of like a really good role player or a change of pace, kind of like, I mean, at, at his peak, I guess like the ideal for that was like a Tevin Coleman with yeah. um with the Falcons. That was like the idealized version of what this player is, and that's probably what you are hoping for out of him. Um, the one thing I will say is I don't think Miles Gaskin was very good, so I do think oh, Ahmed. I do think Ahmed is like a player who. If for whatever reason next year they kind of reevaluate the running back room a little bit, I think he should be someone who's getting more carries than Gaskin. Okay, that's interesting. It it always weirds me out the fact that he and Gaskin played on the same Washington team in college. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I'm always like trying to read into like, oh, did their coaches know like which one was good and which one wasn't? But I mean, who who can even say? Um, I will point out that at least for this week, if Ahmed can get the start and Gaskin is sidelined, he draws maybe the best matchup for a running back in fantasy in the Raiders. They're number 32 in DVOA run defense, and they boost run plays by 6%, yards per carry by 16%, and touchdowns per carry by 71%. So if we can just hopefully get some type of clarity on who could be a workhorse this week for the Dolphins, they could have a really big week for you in fantasy. I'm I'm hoping it can be Ahmed. I I would love to see it. He had the cool story about his grandmother watching him um, while being ill in the hospital, and so I think it would be cool if he had another nice week this week in Week 16. Okay, that's going to wrap up this week and I guess this season of, of waiver wire talk on, on the Football Outsiders Fantasy Podcast. Derek, thanks so much for joining again. I think this is your third trip, which would make you the, the king guest of the podcast. I don't know if you have any thoughts on that. Am I really? Well, that is that is quite the honor, I must say, especially because, uh, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's, uh, I, d- I did not expect to be the king guest, but I do appreciate it. <laughs> Well, I'm hoping that you can come back some during the offseason because I think maybe some of the like draft talks, looking at rookies and stuff, you would be probably the best person to have to talk about that stuff. But before we get ahead of ourselves, why don't you tell everyone uh, where they can find some of your work in the short term? Yeah, so everyone can obviously find me at Football Outsiders. You can also find me doing some Viking stuff at Zone Coverage. Um, you can find me doing some college football quarterback draft stuff at, um, at Roto World. Perfect. Well, everybody check out Derek's great work and best of luck in your fantasy championships this week. I think given that Christmas is on Friday and I got some other work put on me for later in the week, I probably won't be doing my normal DFS podcast this Thursday or Friday, but swing back next week and through the playoffs, we're going to continue to hit DFS talk throughout that period of time. Please subscribe, rate, and review us in the meantime, and then circle back uh, when we've got some new podcasts for you, hopefully pretty soon. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll talk to you probably next week. Mm